today on Ag News Daily. The Lean Calf Protection Program offers protection for beef cow-calf producers for their calves from birthing through weaning. It's very similar to a yield and revenue program that are available to crop producers. Listeners, welcome back to the Ag News Daily Podcast, Thursday, January 18th, 2024. Today's episode is brought to you by Sound Agriculture. You can learn more about Sound Ag by visiting soundag.com. Well, Delaney, got a little bit of snow on the ground this morning. Did you? Yes. I hadn't realized we were supposed to get more until I looked out my window this morning. Yeah, it was poor on my behalf to not make a point of that chance of snow yesterday on the podcast, but I'll make sure today we get the weather headlines in there. Winter weather continues to tear across much of the U.S., from Montana all the way to the eastern seaboard. We now have some areas south towards the Gulf Coast that could see winter weather as well. The winter storm warning remains in effect for most of Montana. Snowfall rates are expected to decrease gradually throughout the day today, but that isn't the case for some of our friends in Colorado and parts of the western Dakotas. Advisories are beginning to narrow in the Montana area and are pushing east through South Dakota and northeastern Nebraska, all the way through parts of Iowa into Ohio and Pennsylvania. Before warmer temps show up next week, extreme cold is expected to hit much of Nebraska, Kansas, Missouri, Oklahoma, and push its way south as well. But this should be the end of this polar vortex push over the next couple of days, Saturday potentially being the latest really cold day before we get a warm-up next week, Delaney. When we say warm-up, what are we talking as far as temperatures go? There is one day in the forecast that it does not drop to freezing overnight in Iowa. So that is actually at 33 degrees is a low. I believe that's next Wednesday or Tuesday, uh, but still normal seasonal temperatures. Okay. So we're not talking like 40, 50 degrees. Correct. Well, I was hoping for the best, but (laughs) prepare for the worst. Tanner Precision Planting has a new product they recently revealed at their company's annual winter conference, which is a fully customizable factory-built planting system called Cornerstone. The Cornerstone planting system comes fully built with everything but the planter bar and also integrates with their precision planting technology. The Cornerstone planting system, they said, is an exciting development in planter products as it is going to drastically improve planting performance through ease of infield use, simple adjustments for changing planting conditions, and durability and serviceability. They said this has been a work in progress for years and years of hard work and research, and they're able to integrate all the technology that precision planting has been known for for quite some time to create a full planting system where the performance technology, iron, and intentional design can all come together. And Tanner, when you think about planter technology, you know, that's not really an area we report on very frequently. No, and I saw some Twitter posts on this yesterday or some X posts yesterday and uh it seems like the attendees at that winter conference were most excited about the simplicity making infield repairs and adjustments on the fly much easier than they had been in the past absolutely well it'll be an exciting tool for producers i think limited availability here as it first rolls out but 
the spring of 2025 is when it's going to be available to their dealer network. That's great. We got more ag technology in the news. 10 groundbreaking ag startups were chosen as part of the Ag Launch 365 Accelerator Program. After applicants came from more than eight countries and nearly 20 different states in the U.S., they went through a six-month vetting process, a long application process that included farmer testimonials as well as use cases, earned 10, a top spot in this accelerator that will launch in the cohort program through 2024. Ernest Ag, which is developing probiotics to increase crop yields, was one of the winners. Gather, which is a simplified robotic tool for specialty crop farmers. Grip Ag, which is revolutionizing the ability to track machinery. Quorum Bio is engineering the next generation of microbiological fertilizers using gene editing. Razient has a patented agrobiological technology platform as well, using highly sustainable and effective alternatives to synthetics. Rise Bio provides low-cost, high-tech soil sampling. ShareFarm merges technologies that will enhance profitability while leveraging sustainability using predictive analytics. Soil Metrics helps growers use artificial intelligence to maximize the fertility in season during their growing process. Upstream Biotechnology has an IP trait program that can deliver next generation data of seed trait development. And the Wandering Shepherd has a wireless rumen bolus, so a wireless system that can monitor the stomach contents of more than 200 different animals. So quite interesting to hear these startups. They will begin uh, their process and will have a pitch event February 5th through the 7th at the Top Producer Summit in Kansas City where one of those companies will be deemed the winner and will receive the highest prize. They all are in the program right now, Delaney, but one will get special treatment based upon that pitch competition. That is certainly exciting and fun news for those companies. But speaking of awards, the National Wheat Foundation has released their results for quality components of their 2023 National Wheat Yield Contest. That's a mouthful if you say that five times fast. But this year's 10 winners include wheat growers from eight different states from Virginia to Oregon. This was the second year that the yield contest included an evaluation of not just grain quantity, but grain quality. And those who participated were required to save an eight pound sample from their harvested production from the 2023 growing season. And once the 24 national winners were named in October of 2023, those growers sent back their samples for analysis of milling and baking characteristics. So they're literally putting those grains to the test, Tanner. They said it really gives an opportunity to educate growers on why the characteristics that end users desire are so important when they're looking at wheat quality and growing wheat. And uh, that's a really interesting takeaway that they've added here to the wheat contest. But they said in all eight wheat ex and that in all eight wheat experts evaluated these interests. And it was really clear that there were a consensus about those that won. And they had some really functional qualities that a miller and a baker are demanding for, as well as our consumers. So the uh different yield winners or quality winners that we mentioned there 
like I said, ranged from a variety of different states, but kind of a fun way or a fun spin on looking at something outside of just production. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, going to take a little turn here for headlines. We're going out to California to the World Ag Expo, which might be in jeopardy, Delaney. The World Ag Expo takes place in February out in Tulare, California. The economic impact that has historically averaged nearly $52 million for the small town of Tulare and other towns in that region due to the ag show being put in place. More than 550 jobs annually are created due to this show, but nevertheless, the area is potentially going to jeopardize the future of the World Ag Expo. The media is already taking signs to this. Reports last year's media day had mere small attendance and was more and less just there for badge pickup days. The International Agri Center and the nonprofit corporation that hosts the World Ag Expo is looking for ways to try and spice up the once booming conference or a trade show. My mistake there. The PR firm that they have hired is working to spread the word about the World Ag Expo, the three-day exposition that takes place around Valentine's Day. Last year, media didn't give the focus that this PR company wanted, and now they are looking to push forward. The covering of events for this year will take higher priority, and they will continue to push the World Ag Expo, at least they state, Delaney, to hopefully commodity classic levels. One of the things noted in this article is stating that the National Farm Machinery Show in Louisville, Kentucky is happening at the same time. We will continue to monitor this, but uh, if you've never been, maybe this is the year to go because it sounds like we could potentially see some issues with the future of this event. One thing that stuck out also, Delaney, is uh, it's not cheap to attend because it looks like one of the average hotel rates for going out to this show is over $500 a night. Well, I hope you booked your hotel already, Tanner. <laughs> we, we have not, but yes, Farm for Profit will be headed out there for the first time this year to see what this show is all about. And it might just be good timing if it ends up being one of the last. Have you ever been? I haven't, but I am guessing now I'm thinking, man, I should have lined it up to go this year. <laughs> well, hopefully everything turns out fine and it's back again next year. Absolutely. Well, you'll have to bring us some updates from the ground here in just a little while when that show is going on into Larry. But uh, Tanner, switching paths here to some international news as we're continuing to watch tensions rise in the Middle East. Uh, the future of fertilizer is still in question here. Josh Linville sent an update earlier this week about some potential shipping issues as we continue to see transit through the Red Sea, Suez Canal is continuing to be impacted by these rising tensions. Fertilizer has not been immune to this story and we're already hearing quite the tale of vessels refusing to transit through the territory. Uh, so all in all, it doesn't mean that transit is coming to a halt. It does mean that it's taking quite a bit longer anywhere from 10 to 15 days to reach its destination. And that's also, Josh says, going to take its impact on the corn market or continue to as well. He said that demand may be impacted by this as 
buyers aren't going to be willing to pay the additional shipping costs to extend the trips outside of the Suez Canal, or it may just limit purchases altogether as buyers may not be willing to pay some of those additional shipping costs and wait for the additional time. When we look at the fertilizer market in uh, general here, we're continuing to see uh, you know, some good purchases here out of India. Uh, even though Middle East, the Middle East has caused values to rise, we have seen West India continue to uh, make some good offers here in the nitrogen market. When we look at phosphate, values are continuing to ratchet higher. So that is going to be one factor, he says, to watch here as we see lower commodity prices, but potentially higher phosphate prices for the growing season ahead. So just a couple of things to keep an eye on there, Tanner, as uh, we're seeing a lot of conflict in many parts of the world. That's right. My last headlines for today are going to be focused on Russia and Ukraine, like I promised yesterday. Russia did claim overnight that Ukraine attacked several Russian regions with drones. They included the Leningrad region for the first time. The defense ministry said Thursday that their defense systems did shoot down the drones over Moscow and St. Petersburg, with one official claiming that Ukraine targeted Russian oil terminals. One of the oil terminals in Leningrad did receive some damage. This is not from a direct hit, but more from the results of the defense systems. Port infrastructure was not damaged and no injuries are being reported. Gev is not publicly commenting on the claims. If accurate, it would mark the first time that the northern region of Leningrad, where St. Petersburg is, has been a target by Ukraine. Russia is continuing to push back on their attacks and have hit the border region of Belogorod again. A woman there was injured, several houses damaged, and electricity and gas lines were damaged outside of the village. So we'll continue to keep an eye on what things are happening in Russia and Ukraine. But it sounds like, uh, it seems like tit-for-tat type battles right now of small targeted strikes, which is probably why we aren't seeing a ton of new headlines still waiting. Absolutely, Tanner. There's a lot to keep an eye on here. And my final headline here before we chat markets, just wanted to give our updates a little bit of a setup for the interview we have today. Enrollment for a new pilot program is now available in four states for the spring calving season. The USDA has recently introduced the weaned calf risk protection for cow-calf producers. That enrollment here for the pilot program is closing in just about two weeks, January 31st. So we're going to be chatting with USDA today to talk about that new pilot program. Uh, But this is a really exciting opportunity for cow-calf producers who they have said, the Risk Management Association has said, has largely been underserved in the past. So we'll dig into that conversation here with Marsha and just a little bit, Tanner. But before we do, let's take a quick look at the overnight markets. As we look at March corn here in the overnights, they are unchanged on the board. We'll open here this morning around 442. March soybeans up three cents in the overnight to open at 1208 and three quarters. March Chicago wheat down three and a half cents here in the overnight at 579. Hard red March winter wheat down three quarters of a cent at 593. And March spring wheat up a penny and three quarters cents at 682. 
as we take a look at livestock and where they closed yesterday to open on the board this morning. February live cattle will open this morning at a buck March feeder cattle on the board at two twenty nine seventy seven, and February lean hogs this morning opening at seventy one forty five. Tanner, let's turn it over to that weaned calf conversation with Marsha now. Do you want to optimize the amount of plant nutrition provided by the microbes in your soil? Source it. Want to replace 25 pounds of nitrogen and phosphorus per acre? Source it. Looking for a more cost-effective way to unlock your crop's potential and increase ROI? Source it. Easy to handle, apply, and store. To make your fertilizer plan more efficient, source it. Learn more at sound.ag. Well, I think we've got some good news for cow-calf producers in this conversation today. It's my pleasure to have Marsha Bunger here, administrator for uh, the USDA. Looking forward to this conversation. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Tanner. So let's jump into uh, who you are and what you did to get into this role before we start talking about our topic today. So why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? Certainly. You know, my name is Marsha Bunger and... Um... I hail, have lived my entire life in the southeastern part of South Dakota. My parents farmed and had livestock, and then I um, married my high school sweetheart, and we too continue to farm. Um, We've been doing this for now almost 43 years. We have a row crop operation along with a cow-calf operation, and my career probably you could say was with the farm service agency where I spent a little over 25 years um, first as a program technician and then a county executive director. When I had the opportunity to take early retirement, I headed into the private sector and I was a little over 10 years ago hired as a temp at Farm Credit Services of America in their crop insurance division and I became a crop insurance agent. And then I submitted my resume into the Biden administration, and they called and asked if I would be interested in interviewing for this position. So it's, I think, a pretty incredible story, but um, it's, you know, with great humility that I serve in this role. But here I am today, the head of... um, an agency that is the largest risk management um, agency for farmers and ranchers. We, this last year, hit a historic high with um, $207 billion worth of liability coverage that we oversee and regulate. Nice. I love just the perspective that you're going to bring to this conversation, being all across a lot of the facets throughout your career. So I appreciate that. Certainly. I um, I thank you for having me on so that we can have this conversation. So let's jump into what we're here to talk about today. Like I introduced, I think this is going to be possibly some good news for cow-calf producers that might want to manage some of their risks. So tell us a little bit about how they can do that. Certainly. So the weaned calf protection program is being piloted for the first time ever in four states, South Dakota, Nebraska, Colorado, and Texas. Um, Historically, we've had some other livestock types of products, but 
for the first time ever, I think um, for the weaned cow-calf producer, we haven't had anything. So um, it's, I think, exciting to be able to roll this pilot out so that we can start to get a sense and get some experience over this next year and um, hopefully learn some things, correct some things that aren't working, but also um, recognizing what does work with the goal, obviously, of expansion. But, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself. And I think we're just going to focus on what's right in front of us. But the Wean Calf Protection Program offers protection for beef cow-calf producers for their calves from birthing through weaning. It's very similar to a yield and revenue program that are available to crop producers. The program is based on the average weaning weight per calf with um, tea yields available. So if as a result of a catastrophic weather event, your weaning weights suffer, um, that's how we are going to look and pay an indemnity. In addition, I think it's important to also think through this as calving season probably is maybe even begun in some areas in those four pilot states. But um, once that calf hits the ground and is a live calf, you wanna get that reported to your agent because if in the event a weather event does come about and you lose those calves, this program will also cover death loss. But it's important that that calf, that live calf be reported so you have that baseline to start with. So how often do our producers need to report? Is it every time a calf hits the ground or is it a monthly basis? How does that go? You know, um, I just think about my husband um, and he's gonna just like, how often do I gotta do this? And it's almost like, you know, at the end of the day, I would shoot your agent a text. Um, things get kind of hectic with calving and, you know, just the focus of the work and getting that cow, cow and that calf so together so that the calf can get up and start um, sucking milk. And so at the end of the day, I know people are tired, but again, the next day could bring a storm and you might lose that calf. So we're trying to make it as simplified as possible, but it's really important. So um, if you have somebody, you know, in your operation that can um, help with that, you know, a phone call, an email, a text, at some point you will need to sign a document. But um, I think just getting that CAF number recorded, um, I would encourage folks to think about doing it daily. Or when you're coming in for lunch, you've tagged, what, 13 head? So shoot your, shoot your agent a text. Yeah, that's great. And you mentioned four pilot states. What states are those? Um, they are South Dakota, Nebraska, Colorado, and Texas. So if we have a listener that's outside of those states, are there options for them? Or for this year in the pilot, this is the states that are involved? For this year, it's the the ones that are in that in those piloted states. So unfortunately, if they're outside of those states, then you wouldn't be able to purchase this product. But again, um, I think it's important for us to get it right when we're piloting this program. Um, so 
sometimes I know people are saying, well, I sure would like to buy that. Um, but also think about it as let's, let's take a look and see how it goes for our neighbors in those states. And hopefully we can tweak the um, product and make it as good as possible before we expand outside of those four states. So as our producers are maybe in the midst of calving season, when does this program start? It has started. And so the deadline to purchase it is January 31st. So we have about two weeks before the deadline to buy this product um, wraps up. So, you know, a couple different ways to learn more about it in detail, because it's going to be um, specific to your operation and what levels of coverage you want. So it's a conversation you want to have with your agent. Um, and so contacting your agent, number one, if you don't have an agent, we have a locator, an agent locator feature on our website. In addition, we are also hosting a number of livestock roadshows that in those um, areas, locations where we're hosting those, we'll be covering the wean calf topic. Tomorrow, in fact, I'm headed to Fort Pierce, South Dakota to attend um, an in-person livestock roadshow. Next, um, it's this week, I guess, already. Also tomorrow evening, um, we're hosting a virtual livestock roadshow um, session. And so in addition to wean calf, we're going to be talking and covering about over the um, other livestock products that are available that are subsidized. So like PRF, annual forage, um, LRP, livestock risk protection, LGM, livestock gross margin protection. And I think I'm missing one, but you get the idea. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to have subject matter experts online um, presenting the information, but then also providing a time for Q&A. And of course, for those that have already um, maybe have been using these products and they're just on just to hear about any updates or changes, um, feedback is always welcome. The other place to go to possibly learn more about it is through our regional offices. We have 10 regional offices throughout the country. And that information too is on our RMA website. So lots of ways to get information. I appreciate that. And I've got one question that I want to ask before we wrap up. You mentioned maybe some of our cow-calf producer listeners aren't familiar with what tea yields are. So tea yields, to my understanding, is it would be a, a birth weight or a weaned weight average based upon where this producer is located, but can our producers use their past records as information to set the basis as well? Yes. And, you know, so to confirm, you're exactly right when it comes to the tea yield and what that is, but then also if you have records, you can establish what um, I refer to as an approved um, production history. So if you are the person that um, sells directly to the livestock barn or your buyer um, upon weaning, um, that will work wonderfully. So I would, in fact, encourage you to go back and start digging out those records if you're interested in um, getting a quote 
that will assist your agent in using kind of a baseline. But again, if you don't have those kinds of records, because maybe you background and um, there's that gap between weaning and selling because you've also put some pounds on, there's also a way for um, the agent to kind of factor in that time. But um, if that's not possible, then we'll have you probably get an assigned yield that's based upon your county. That's great. This is a lot of information in a short amount of time. And like you said, there is more information available. So let's remind the listeners one more time how they can yes. go about looking this up themselves. www.rma.usda.gov. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you again, Tanner, for having me on. Um, I have found um, in the time I've been here that the media has been a great ally in getting the information to listeners and so people can learn more about what RMA is and what we are doing. So thank you. Absolutely. I'm glad we had that conversation with Marsha after we stopped recording. I invited her to come back and talk more, Delaney, maybe about crop insurance, as well as some of the other programs available for our producers. So we might be able to have her back on again someday. Absolutely. I agree, Tanner. That would be great to have her on again. And we appreciate her joining us. And hopefully for those producers eligible, you will consider signing up for this program because if it is a pilot program, so who knows how long it will stick around if they don't get a lot of producer interest, Tanner. That's right. But thanks for hanging out with us today, listeners. Should we let them go? Let's let them go.